the apex of all Christian endeavor must become to place the jewel of a soul in the crown of our Savior, your family, your friends, your loved ones, your co-workers. That is focus. God sent me to tell you he is about to show out on your behalf. Will you let him? Our faith stands measured by how we react. When hell stands next to you, be still and know that I am God. You cannot remain silent. I need help to know that we're snatching people out of darkness. I don't have all of the anointing. You don't have all of the anointing, but when we get together, oh my gosh, we can curse cancer, we can cast out demons because we get the full measure of the statue of Christ. It's independence now. I'm taking it all, and I want it all, and I receive it all. Can I tell you, God will never pour his finest on us until we get together. God wants us to have unity because when the unity shows up, God shows up. We are focused. Your purpose is not to collect a crowd. Your purpose is to preach the gospel to produce a cloud. Dominion Camp Meeting, June 30th through July 2nd, Columbus, Ohio, World Harvest Church. For more information, visit rodparsley.com. The apex of all Christian endeavor The apex of all Christian endeavor must become to place the jewel of a soul in the crown of our Savior that the Lamb of God slain may receive the reward of his suffering. The apex of all Christian endeavor must be to go to church. The apex of all Christian endeavor must be to sing songs. The apex of all Christian endeavor must be to show up at church for an hour and 15 minutes and forget God the rest of the week. I spent one hour and 15 minutes on an overview on the subject of hell on last Sunday night. If you were in here and you learned something about hell that changed your life, Shout now. Hell's not anything like you think it is. There are degrees in hell. There are special compartments in hell for the most wicked of people. Somebody tell me what it's called. Say it again. Tartarus. reserved for a portion, the worst, the leadership of the angelic host that rebelled against God with Lucifer, held in chains of darkness deeper than the depths of the deep until the judgment when they and all sinners will be cast into the lake of fire called Gehenna where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. How many of you believe that heaven 
is forever. Some of you aren't sure. I better. I think next month I'm going to do with heaven what I did this month with hell. I think I'm going to walk you through heaven. Because if you think it's a place for you to sit on the bank and dangle your feet in the River Jordan, you ought to buy a Bible. It's not what heaven is at all. There's consciousness in heaven. You will be known as you are known. If you know me now, you'll know me then. Blessed be God forever. So if there is, if eternal life means that you will live in heaven in the presence of God forever in a more than conscious state, you believe that, then do you understand that your family without Christ today faces that same eternity in hell? See, your mind doesn't want you to go there. Suffering, beyond suffering. Not suffering like we have in this world. The thing I opened with last Sunday night was simply this. Please stop saying it was a hell on earth. There's nothing that compares to hell, my dear friend. Not Hitler's concentration camps. Not the worst pain that you could imagine being suffered on this earth. In fact, the pain will be so severe, the agony so intense that God at the judgment will give you a new body that can endure such agony without relief. You remember the parable of Lazarus and the rich man? Do you not? There was a rich man. He fared sumptuously every day. That's like America. And there was a beggar full of sores that laid by his gate. Begging, watch me, for the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. But the rich man ignored him walked right on past, laid down in his silken sheets, ate his caviar, and drank his champagne. And your Bible said both of them died. Do you know anybody that's gotten off this planet alive? No, and neither will you. I had to have Theo Thomas Huseman to go, because. My legs keep getting longer the older I get. So I had him tie my shoes for me. And I thought while he was tying them, somebody might have to take these off me. That may be already at your house picking up your teenager. God got tired of Mussolini 
that big chunk of fat flesh without a backbone touched a capillary in his brain he was gone they both died the death rate among humans remains stubbornly at 100% and you're not looking for death today but it's been looking for you since you drew your first breath think of all your near escapes Everybody that's had a near escape with death, raise your hand. Well, that was the grace of God intervening to you so that you could hear me today. God is long suffering. That means he suffers long. But the same Bible that tells us he suffers long says also, that it is appointed unto man once to die. And God said, I will not always strive with men. You know what that means? That means there comes a time in life when God's had enough of you. When God says that's enough. You don't believe that? Here's Saul, God's choicest find in all of Israel standing head and shoulders above every other man in the nation. Became king, the first king of Israel. And watch him a few years later when he decided to turn his back on God. It's Saul. There he is. You have to look through the mist. You'll have to stare through the fog into a deep dark cave. There in the blackness with a candle burning is a witch. The witch of Endor. There sits the king of Israel in his royal regalia in the depths of depravity holding on to the ankles of a witch begging her, help me. I turn my back on God and I pray, but he hears me no more. That Bible teaches you can very easily send away your opportunity of grace. My spirit, God's spirit, will not always strive with you. How many times has he knocked on your heart's door? How many times has he made himself real to you? How many times have you rejected when you should have accepted? They both died. Say they both died. Are you listening in Elkhart? Are you listening online? I know you don't recognize it. This is the gospel preached by Jesus Christ to a lost, dying, depraved, destitute world. I'm just his mouthpiece right now. He has apprehended this service. The choir stands ready.
but God walked in here a little while ago. He came in. He's here. He's knocking on hearts. And may I tell you, he's not just knocking on hearts of somebody that's so lost they understand that they are. There's no one more lost than he that does not perceive his lostness. We sit in church, we put on our good clothes. We memorize the words to the songs. But do we know it? Are we serving him? Is he first place in our lives? Because I'll share this with you. He said he will not share his glory with anybody or anything. The commandments are not suggestions. And he said, you shall have no other God, Netflix, no other God, golf, no other God, employment, no other God, career, no other God, children, No other God before me. Is the first thing you reach for in the morning this old book or your cell phone? Is the last thing you check with at night your Instagram feed or this? Jesus said, you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do anything I say. They both died. Shout before you can think about it, and so will I. Hell is a very interesting place. As I said, I spent an hour and 15 minutes teaching about it. And the modern lie is that of when I die, if I go to hell, I'll, that'll be it. I just, I just go into oblivion. That's it. There's no that's it. It would be an unjust God that would reward people for eternity and not punish those for eternity that rejected him. We only know good because of evil. We only know evil because of good. Hell's forever. The Bible says interesting things about hell. It says that it's a bottomless pit bottomless. Think about the next time in science class you're studying the cosmos, which used to be chaos until God stepped on, out on creation's morning and said, light be, and light was, and he brought order to chaos. That's what he does in your life. Spinning out of control. 
don't know who that country singer was, but it was true. Jesus take the wheel. That's what he does too. But you have to give it to him. Hell is an eternal state of acute consciousness and emotion. Your soul will be there. Your negatively glorified body will be there. Every memory that you have ever had, including those which you have been successful at erasing, will torment you. That is part of the fire, the flames of hell. You'll keep drinking in hell. You'll keep shooting yourself with needles in hell. You'll hear me talking to you today, reverberating in your ears for eternity. I don't have anybody listening. Boy, this is a way to pack out a church. It'd bother me if that's what I was interested in. God forbid that I should win the world and lose my own soul. Hell is forever. Hell is a bottomless pit. Hell is a place of agony beyond comprehension, of suffering, falling. And the deeper you fall, the hotter the flames. Well, I don't believe in that. Well, you will when you get there. And what if I'm wrong and you're right? You die and that's all there is. You call the life you're living, living? If I died tomorrow and there was no heaven, which I, I, I hesitate to even say because it is so real, I'd still have lived the best life I could ever live. I've had the name of Jesus my whole life. I've watched demons leave at that name. I've watched suffering cease at that name. I've watched the dead raised at that name. I've watched blind eyes come open by the mention of that name. I've seen lives changed forever, eternally, irreversibly by that name. And you've had what? A drunken night and a hangover. Woo! Hell's an interesting place. It's a place where your nerves become nothing more than strings upon which Satan will play the diabolical tune of hell's unalterable lament. Your veins become nothing more than highways for the hot feet of pain to travel. No comfort there. Dante said it best in his classic work called The Inferno. Abandon all hope, says a sign at the entry mouthway of hell. Abandon all hope, ye that enter here. Do you know why? 14-year-olds are climbing on their mom and dad's Porsche 
putting a rope around the garage door, opening and hanging themselves. Hopelessness. Hopelessness is simply defined as the inability to see that tomorrow might be different than today. Oh, that's hell. Not only today, but the next 10 years, the next thousand years, the next millennium, no relief, no exit signs. Everybody look at an exit sign. Because if it gets too hot in here, you can get out. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. We got twenty-eight doors out of this room. You came in, but you know you can get out. You ever hear people having claustrophobia? Panic attacks. Panic attacks are the result usually of a feeling of the loss of control. Think you'll be in control there? They both died. And Lazarus found himself in Abraham's bosom. Now, if you were not here last Sunday night, I would bet you a toenail to a toothpick that you have absolutely no idea what is Abraham's bosom. You've been in church all your life. Write it down for me. What, whatever, happened, whatever happened to study at Valor Christian College? Oh, I'm too busy for that. Why would I need to take music class? Why would I need to learn how to flow in the Spirit of God? Why would I need to learn what Hades is? Write it down for me. Study to show yourself approved unto God. This is not play day. This is not a recreation room. This is a battlefield. And Satan wants your soul. He'll take it too if you give him half a chance. I don't know what's funny. Instead of laughing, we ought to be praying. If we had enough God in us. Oh, I'm great. Are you? I doubt God would have moved me this way if you were. In hell, Hades, the rich man, there are five different words in your Bible that translate in the King James Bible hell, and every one of them are different. Every one of them is a different place. Every one of them means a different thing. In Hades, the rich man lifted up his eyes 
and saw Lazarus, the beggar. He saw him from hell. He could peer into paradise. And there, can you imagine being in hell and being able to watch your family in heaven? There's only one thing worse than going to hell, and that's by your influence taking someone with you. There's only one thing better than going to heaven. That is by your influence taking somebody with you. Complaining Christians. So in hell, the rich man begged, begged, beg God for forgiveness now or beg later, because every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Bow now, bow later. Death and hell gave up the dead that were in them. People in paradise, people in Hades, the sea will belch forth the dead that is in it, the earth, the dead that are in it. Cremation will make no difference. There'll be a great coming together and there you'll be. And looking over what Jesus said was a great expanse so that they which are here cannot get there and they which are there, thank God, cannot get here. But there's a D-Day, you understand. There is no purgatory. That's a religious lie made up by men who wanted to make money by what they call those things indulgences give the church x amount of money and we'll have the we'll have the religious people pray your loved one out of hell it's not in the bible here's what's in the bible and being in eternal torment you know they're there now right no, no, no. I'm going to ask again. You know they're there right now, don't you? They're not going to go. They're there. They are probably watching me preach right now. That sat in these seats. That laughed when they got outside or inside. When's anybody going to get serious? Amen. Just serious, man. There aren't 2% of churches in America today that wouldn't have thrown me out by right now. Because they're afraid you won't come back. I'm more afraid you go to hell and point your finger at me and blame me for not telling you the truth. 
And the book said the book is right and they are wrong. The book said, being in torment, he lifted up his voice and said, Father Abraham, let Lazarus, that old beggar, dip his finger, his sore, oozing finger in water and drop it on my tongue for I am tormented in these flames. Mr. Peace, the most notorious gangster in London infamy during the time of the gangs of New York, London was worse. He had raped women, men, and children. He had stabbed, he had shot, he had beaten to death men, women, and children. They caught him. They put him in a jail cell. They tried him. The gavel came down. Guilty is charged. Death by hanging. So they took him out of his cell, all of London watching, a preacher. Afraid he'd be his next victim. Let him out of that cell, reading scriptures. Inadvertently, he came across a verse with hell in it. Yes, sir. The word hell. Yes, sir. He didn't pay much attention to it, but Mr. Peace did. Mr. Peace reached out with that murderous hand, swung that little scrawny preacher around. He dropped his Bible, pointed his finger at that preacher, like I'm pointing to you right now. America, I'm pointing a finger at you. And I'm asking you, as Mr. Peace asked that preacher, do you believe in a place like that? place like what, said the preacher, a place of the eternal incarceration of the doomed and damned dying souls of humans for eternity. He waited upon the preacher's answer. The preacher said, I suppose I do. So he threw him down, stood over him and said, if I believed in a place like that, upon a roadway of broken and jagged glass. Would I crawl upon my hands and knees until my limbs became nothing but bloody stumps? If by chance I might save 
one soul from a place like that. But we can't invite them to church because we don't believe in hell. We don't think about eternity. We don't realize that's exactly where our loved ones are going to end up. Could we send a text? Could we write a letter? Could we make a phone call? Could we make a visit? Could we bake somebody a cake? Give me that back. It's anointed. I'm not playing. My little precious girl from Belarus gave that to me this morning. Are you angry with me? Are you put off by me? Are you making arrangements to be back next Sunday to hear? Well, go on down there where the preacher drinks a fifth before he gets in the pulpit. It's right down the road there. Jesus said, can't get you a drop of water. Think about that the next time you start to gossip. Think about that the next time we got to have church people meet with church people about church people. I'm not playing. Man up. Man up. We are God's infantry. We are called to operate deep within enemy lines, into enemy-held territory. Stand up. Stand up. You. This young woman's been here two months. Two months! Spent her day yesterday out in the streets winning souls. Somebody been here 20 years, can't find you. Why? Her heart's on fire. She knows what Jesus did for her. Look at this whole row of folks. They know what Jesus did for them, see? See, life change. When they put you in jail, like they did you, you'll learn to fast and pray, won't you? Americans are soft. Millennials are soft, little coddled babies, no strength, can't stand up. I'll tell you what we got. We got a crisis of comfort in this nation. We got it too easy. And we're being blessed all the way to hell. Bring me my notes. Can't do any of that. I want to talk to you 
about a man named Billy Bailey. Kind of catchy, isn't it? Billy Bailey. At 49 years of age, Billy Bailey was convicted of arson and a double murder where two children lost their lives. Double murder and arson. Well, no, excuse me. He, he actually invaded the home after he was released. You don't want me to talk about it. You, you, don't, want, you don't want me to talk about it. No, you don't. Prosecutors put in office by billionaires money who have taken a vow not to incarcerate people for the heinous of crimes to make a political point. They scream, defund the police. Now they're screaming, where are the police? Same people. Billy Bailey got out, released, 49 years old. He's in a prison cell. He shot to death an 80-year-old man in his home, and then he shot his 79-year, 73-year-old wife beside him. They caught him running across those people's field, incarcerated him, put him on death row, sentenced him to hang until he was dead. For his last meal on death row, he asked for a steak. Your tax dollars pay for that. A steak, well done, please. Well, this is going to be well done. Well done, baked potato with butter and sour cream, please. Peas, rolls, and vanilla ice cream. He consumed that meal. They came for Billy Bailey. And as the door swung open, he began to make his way up 23 steps to a gallows hanging 15 feet. They placed a black bag over Billy Bailey's head, placed a three-quarter inch diameter manila hemp rope around his neck. They pulled the lever. The trap door gave way. And Billy Bailey was dead. So will you be. I thought as I read that story, you ever get called to the principal's office? If you didn't, 
you didn't have a bit of fun. I've been called to the principal's office. And I can tell you, my dear friend, that's one of the longest walks an eight-year-old will ever take. Well, at least that's the way it used to be. Now they got mom waiting there to tell off the teacher and the school administration and how it wasn't the kid's fault. Here's the way mine trained me. You get it at school, you're going to get double when you get home. But I wonder how long those 23 steps must have been. I thought, what will my last 23 steps be? I hope they're in a pulpit. And I hope millions of people get to watch me lay this body down. And don't you weep for me. Because to be absent from this hunk of six foot two flesh is to be present with the Lord. I thought I had a church. Our breakthrough cameras, our World Harvest Church outreaches, our Valor Christian College outreaches. We have opportunity to be in a whole lot of penitentiaries, county jails, youth facilities. So it was, we were invited to bring our cameras onto death row. I I get the strangest invitations as a preacher. I was the only one ever permitted to be at ground zero all the way at the bottom a month after 9-11. I've been in Columbine High School where the library walls were blown out big enough for three men abreast to walk through and the walls looked like you'd taken red paint and splashed them all over. I get strange invitations. Death row. Better be prayed up. Better have something more than a buck. Because they ain't going to pay no attention to that at all. A prisoner, this one, convicted of arson in which two children lost their lives. While he was incarcerated, he saw a breakthrough broadcast. Thank you, whoever paid for that. Thank you. Somebody paid for that. We used to have breakthrough Sunday once a month around here. But, you know, people get nervous about offerings nowadays. Everybody wore a breakthrough lapel pin instead of a flower, a cross. Because they were breakthrough partners, not because somebody gave them one. So in we went, on to death row we went. That gentleman gave his life to Jesus on death row, watching breakthrough. He, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost. 
watching breakthrough. Why do we need to be on TV? Well, look at it. That's why. We sent him literature. At that time, we had a, we had a, uh, uh, something course, yeah. It came to you in the mail. Huh? Correspondence course. And we just gave, any, we gave, to all the prisons we gave them. To all the armed forces we gave them. Because I preached on the armed forces radio and television network every week. For five years, I'm the only person in history that's ever been done, allowed to do it more than one year. Sometimes you don't know where you are. There he was on death row, born again, talking in tongues, studying his correspondence course. They were ready to take him to his death. He had a similar walk to Billy Bailey's, about 29 or 30 steps. Just before we were allowed to go in his cell and he said this, I will never forget what he said. Pastor Parsley, please, I will never get the opportunity to tell anybody, well, you're telling them today, sir. I will never get an opportunity. And he didn't want to talk about lost people. Guess who he wanted to talk about? Choirs. Church goers. Pew sitters. He pointed his finger at me. I will never forget it. And he said to me, the problem with Christians is, you ready? He's facing death. You get folks facing death, they'll tell you the truth. He said, Christians, they don't read their Bibles. Check your cell phone time. You got more screen time or Bible time? Check. He said, Christians, tell them, pastor, tell them for me. I'm not the only one on death row. That'll shake you. Watch a man about to die want to talk about Christians and say, tell them they don't read their Bible. They don't pray. You have to beg them to witness. You have to beg them to come to church. Would to God said he, I could go to church this Sunday. But I'm here in this awful place. Tell him. He said, I've been reading the Bible you gave me. And I found in there where Jesus said, if you commit one sin, you're guilty of them all. When you're staring death in the face. It's amazing how focused you can become. That used to be the job of the preacher. Talk about eternity. Talk about heaven. Talk about hell. Talk about sin. Talk about the second coming. Talk about holiness. 
But now we just tell you how wonderful you are. Collect your money and send you on your way. Or have a show. Watch how many I can knock in the floor. Come on now. Come on, I love you. Come on. Come on. We're better than this, and this is the greatest church in America. And I'm telling you right now, we can do better. I'm telling you right now, we can do more. I'm telling you right now, we can have more revival. I'm telling you right now, we can have more presence. I'll tell you right now, a spirit of prayer can break out in this place. Shout hallelujah. This is it. Everybody is standing. Nobody moving around. Keep that communion. Nobody moving around. This is it. Right there in Elkhart, Indiana, across America and around the world. This is it. You got 20 seconds. 23 seconds for 23 steps. What will your last steps be? They might be getting out of this building. They might be next week. They might not be for 10 years. It doesn't make any difference when you compare it to eternity. Hell was not made for you. It's made for the devil and his angels. But if you reject God, you'll end up there. And once you breathe your last breath, that's it. There's no reprieve. There's no second chance. There's no do-over. But right now, as the hungry hound of hell is dogging your tracks, right now, Jesus Christ of Nazareth is stepping in front of your eternity. And he's saying, I paid the price. I suffered on the cross. God raised me from the dead. I can change your life. I know he can. He changed mine. Let him change yours today. This is it. All they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're in a building right now and you're watching me, I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, bravely and boldly like Jesus went to that cross for you, I want you to raise your hand bravely and boldly. If you're online or watching this later, when I say three, type in the word save, S-A-V. I feel the power of God reaching into the darkest dungeons right now, grappling over the eternal souls of men. This is it. Get in while you can. I pray you haven't laced your shoes for the last time and locked your doors at home for the last time. But tomorrow's promise to no one. Make the choice right now. You'll be glad you made in eternity. On three, bravely and boldly shoot that hand up in the air. Folks are already typing in the word save. Do it now. Do it quickly. Do it boldly. One, two, three. Shoot that hand up in the air. Leave it up, leave it up, leave it up. Every hand raised, get into the nearest aisle. Come right now and meet me. Come on, come on. You can't do it, you see. You raised your hand. Come on. Come on. 
it. Come on. Come on. Come on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Somebody shout. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Come on. darling. Come on, son. Come on. Sing it out. Say, come in. Come in. Are you coming? I give you my life, Jesus. So Come on, darling. Come on. We love you. We love yes, you. Amen. We're willing to wait five minutes past yes, twelve. Yes, yes, yes. For you to make heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Still coming over here. Come Thank on. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come Thank on. You, Jesus. Come on. Hey. Come on. Oh, honey. If three blind men were healed right now, you'd be shouting. That's right. If somebody walked out of a wheelchair, out soprano. I'm gonna wait one more time, and I want you to do, as a believer, what if you get used to doing in here? Come on, son. Come on, sweetheart. Come on. Pastor loves you. God loves you. I want you to practice what we need to do outside of these doors. And that is to go and ask everybody, are you ready to go to heaven? If someone is not, they won't lie to you. They'll be honest. And then I want you to offer to walk with them down this aisle. Crowds intimidate people in church, not at football games, but at church. And I want you to make sure that everybody around you can say yes. Amen. We don't intend to offend anyone, but we'd rather make you a little bit uncomfortable if we have to right now than for you to be uncomfortable for eternity. And so we're just gonna ask everybody and if you're ready to go to heaven, just say, shake their hand and say, I'm ready. Amen. And then move on and find somebody else. Because I know there are at least five more people in this room right now that hell is fighting for. And I want heaven to fight just a little bit harder. And I believe God's going to give us a great harvest. Amen. We're going to sing. We're going to sing one time. Come on, beautiful. Come on, beautiful. Come on, beautiful. You're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. I love your shoes. Hallelujah. Somebody's just waiting on you. Somebody's just waiting on you. I wish somebody would get happy about a church service that doesn't have to break on time. Oh, come in. 
This is it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Everybody. 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 Go. 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 Oh Lord, I'm coming more. Sing it out. Say, coming more. Coming more. And never more to roll. Oh, 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 Lord, I'm coming more. Listen up, choir. together and then have you bring people to church and get saved. That's what God will do. Come on. Here they're coming. Here they're coming. There they're coming. Come on. I choose to come on. 23 steps. 23 steps. Never more. Come on. One, two, three, four. Come on. All right. All right. Now, if you're filling out a card, just hold on a minute. We're going to pray. Then we're going to fill that card out because it's important because I want to pray for you. Amen. Look down at your feet. What color do you see? Purple. Anybody see gold? No. That means you're not in heaven yet. But we're going to make sure that you make it all the way. Did you bring this, Brother James? Thank you. I'm glad you came. I'm so glad you came. Anybody else bring somebody? You brought your daughter. Anybody else? You brought her. You brought both of them. He has to wait a minute because he's hearing in Russian. Who'd you bring? Your great-grandchildren and your son and your daughter. Who else brought somebody? Alisa, did you bring your sister? Man, I got to come give you a hug. It's okay because Miss Joni's standing right there by you. Well, you can tell. It's good to see you. Good to see you, good to see you Elisa. There's a mama. There's a mama. Mm. 
You've been faithful. You've been faithful. And because of your faithfulness, God's going to give you the deepest desire of your heart. Well, I love Jesus. I said I love Jesus. I love the gospel. All right, let's pray. You ready? You shout out loud what I say. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I, come to you today, I come to you today just like I am because like I, I can't be anything else. I've tried and I've failed. But Jesus, you came to die on the cross. You were raised from the dead. And I believe you can change my life. I ask you to do that today. Forgive my sins. Wash me in your blood. Give me eternal life and the strength to serve you as you teach me how. I'm going to do it. These people will help me. And I can't wait to see you in heaven, Jesus. And I'm going to worship you till I get there. I'm going to start right now with a clap and a shout. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again 